Hello, Soprano fans, and welcome to another episode of the Soprano Cast. Episode three, I'm Archie Mitchell, along with my buddy, Nate Maxson. Hello, everybody. How you doing? And tonight, yes, we will be speaking about the third episode of the first season of The Sopranos. And Nate, a lot more going on this week than yes, there was yes. last week. Uh, we won't jump into it immediately, but I made a faux pas in our last episode in saying that they gave back the truck at the ending of the last episode. They actually do it in the beginning of this one. Yes, and I, I did the same thing. I did the absolute same thing. We just got we just got rolling with our discussion and if, right. about how great the scene was, and right. um, totally get. But that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, it's um, okay. But they like were Archie said, it at the ending of the episode, so that's why it gets thrown into this one. Yes, yes. Yeah. They're almost yeah. they're almost like they're almost like a two parter. Um, but like Archie said, this is episode, season one, episode three, Denial, Anger, and Acceptance, which originally aired on January 24th, 1999 on HBO. That's right. And we open up the show. They're returning the truck. The owners of the truck company come outside. They're like, hey, where'd you find that truck at? And of course, Christopher being Christopher has to say, it's a gift from Tony Soprano. And they ride off. You know, <laughs> like... One more needle before they leave. You know what I mean? I did put a note down. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. But I did put a put a note down here when they show Chris and Brendan in the car. Mm -hmm. Just flash forward what twenty four years. The production right. values, like what's going on behind them in the car, it looks right. so fake. It looks so fake. Oh, yeah. It looked like it looked like um, something from like the sixties or fifties or whatever. Um, right. This, Every now and, and then, two random lights pop up and go away. You know, and it's not what it should be. Yeah, you can absolutely tell that they were just in front of a green screen. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And again, the Brendan character still being that cocky, young, degenerate punk. You know what I mean? I didn't make that much on this heist because we had to return it. And this is ridiculous. And I can't believe they're doing us. And Christopher's trying to lend a leadership role. But yes. unfortunately, Brandon is a drug addict. And yes. He doesn't listen and, to anybody. And as we mentioned last week, <laughs> we are both we are both going to be very happy about the end of this episode. Oh yes, oh yes. I cheered. I cheered back then. I cheer now. I told you I've watched these episodes twenty times each. I cheer every time I see them. <laughs> He's the one person that when he goes away, I'm like, good. We can go good. back to normal now. <laughs> So then we flash to uh, Uncle Junior and Mikey uh, talking about the truck being returned. And Mikey's like, you know, he's not mad that the truck even got stolen. There were a few things missing. It's all good, Junior. Don't worry about it. And Junior's mad because he's thanking Tony for the truck being returned, not him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And here's the crack up. Junior never even knew this truck got stolen. So right. he goes immediately getting in the way of just saying, okay, well, at least calmly didn't lose another Trump because of my nephew and his stupidity. You know, he's just yes. pissed that he didn't get thanked. So it's, again, the building to the Tony Uncle Jr. Uh, 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 anger, frustration, and uh, battle that's about to unfold. Which is, again, like we said last week, is is just one of the key... One of the key plot elements throughout a lot of this of this television show, and yes. the the chemistry between the actors, they you couldn't. Sometimes I read something about like this person might this person was considered to play this role before this guy got it, or this person. Right. Then you think back and you're like, I can't see anybody else playing Tony Soprano. I can't see anybody else playing Corrado. You know, right? And it, just to think of what could be or what could have been is kind of crazy right and when you look at all all the mob movies that have ever happened the guy playing junior soprano has actually been in a lot of them he yeah. was in godfather part two he was in goodfellas so he's been a mainstay, sort of like the guy that played philly Atardo later on in the sopranos he's been a mainstay as a, a lifetime mobster whether he wanted to be or not you know what i mean he, he's always been either a bit background player or a major player in a lot of these movies and TV series. Yes, yes. So, and some um, of these guys, some of these guys in these movies and TV series, 
uh, were legit in the in, involved, mm -hmm. you know. Um, right. I think Tony Sirico was in the mob, wasn't he? Uh, Paulie well, does has said many a times that he 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 was slightly mobbed up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He doesn't give too much because obviously he can. Right. But uh, he does mention that you know he has friends who have done some undesirable things. So. Um, and then there's a few different storylines going on here this week. Uh, number one, Meadow uh, is in a, uh, a, a singing play or a choir for school, and it's one of her extracurricular activities. That was a major part of the, the whole series was getting Meadow into a good college. Um, so she's a part of that yeah. choir, and they got a safety youth coming up. Another storyline is, of course, the Uncle Junior thing, him and Tony battling for power. Uh, but then there's the Dr. Milky storyline. It's got a little bit of an undertone to it because Tony goes there and he reads into a picture that she has, a, a portrait. And he says it's a rotted out farm and, and tree. And he thinks it symbolizes death. And she's just trying to convince him, I bought that on eBay. Yeah, and he's like, you what know? is this, one of, your, one of your psychological tricks? And I actually wrote down here um, in that scene... This is the first, this is the first real, because it's one of my favorite aspects of mm -hmm. Tony's, of Tony's persona. This is the first scene in the series so far where we really get a good look at his sarcasm. He right. is such a sarcastic son of a bitch, and I Without love it. Oh, it's yeah. one of my, yeah, oh, yeah, one of my favorite aspects of his character is his sarcasm, because I'm the same way. Oh, me too. And you, we both know that from each other firsthand experience. Uh, but yeah, his sarcasm, but then he also shows off his brain ability too. He's not just this dumb mobster because mm -hmm. he read into it. And in all truth and honesty, she does admit later on in the episode. Well, yeah, it is, it is meant to make you think it's like the Rorschach test. You know, yes. what do you see when you, when you look into this picture, but she just doesn't use it in that way in her office. She uses it in the waiting room, you know? So he did read into something maybe a little too much, but it was for the right reasons because it got him to kind of talk about his feelings a little more. He opened mm -hmm. up. So, you know, and that's the, the, the great thing about his relationship with Dr. Milty. Although he yells at her, he curses at her, he throws things at her. He always seems to open up every episode a little more. And you're like, wow, he's actually letting her in without really letting her in. Right. And that, that, that's to the aspect of two things. First, like we go back to the pilot, whatever happened to Gary Cooper. Right. Yes. He's, he's big, strong, tough man type, but he wants to open up to somebody. He's fragile. He needs to get it out or he's going to explode. Right. Yes. And she's very good at her job <laughs> by getting him to open up to her. She doesn't, She's a great character because she doesn't back down to him. She's not intimidated no, by him. Right. The only know? time she's ever been intimidated is when he tried to, when he got really, really close to her. And even then, she wasn't intimidated as much as she was pissed off. Right. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, she's the one woman that he deals with in this entire series that does not feed into his bullshit, mm -hmm. you know, and doesn't let him overpower her. So, and I guess that's because she's a doctor not one of his gumars or his wife or his sister or whatever. She has to be that outside outside aspect, which again is why I'm happy that it was a female in this role and not just some guy who might become his friend later on. Right. Yes, you know? absolutely. You know, so you needed that powerful, just so happened to be an Italian woman to feed, to, to throw his bullshit right back at him. Mm -hmm. Like a wife would do, but it's not his wife. So he kind of takes it a little more. You know, yes. So then we go to, of course, uh, we see our first scene of Jackie April in his hospital bed. He is getting sicker. Um, and he looks healthy in this episode. Still has all his hair. He's laughing. He's joking about Mikey coming in being the uh, the uh, the death caster because all Mikey wanted to talk about while he was there with him in the hospital is, did you hear who else got cancer? Did you hear who died? Yeah. And I think we've all had that one friend or family. Yes, member it's it's all negative. Dead. It's yes, yeah. it's all the negative things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, dad, my dad used to say that about my mom's sister, my aunt Corey. Whenever she would call my mom, the ending of the phone call would always end. Did you hear what happened? 
And my dad would say, is she the bearer of bad news? What's, <laughs> what's going on with me? Does it always have to end on a sour note? <laughs> yes, everybody has that person. And and one of the things that, and we'll get we'll get to more of it, obviously, as we go through the episode. But one of the things that I wrote down here is, um, as far as Jackie goes, this is this is um, heavy shit, in mm-hmm. especially for the Tony Soprano character because he, you can tell, you can tell that he loves Jackie. Yeah, he loves Jackie, and and essentially we get to watch him. We get to watch Tony in this episode, come to terms with the fact that Jackie's not going to kick out of this. You know? He tries He tries to argue the point that Jackie is still very healthy. Like I said, still has all his hair. His brain capacity's there. You know, he's great. But he understands the more he looks at him that, yes, he's getting sicker. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going to say is, do you think that the way this was shot, because, you know, we get the first... We get the first scene with Jackie, which he has a great line when he tells he tells Hesh, trust me, you cut a break being Jewish. But right. <laughs> um, do you think that because because essentially Tony's telling Melfi about Jackie, that almost this first scene where Jackie seems like he's in good spirits and he's doing really well and he's strong, almost half of that seems like that's not even really what was going on. It was just Tony's perception. It could have been his it's subconscious. What, it, it's, right? Yeah, it's what Tony wanted to see, you know, right. in it's, him. A lot of what we see is is him showing Mil, telling Milfi. So we're getting to see it from Tony's perspective, not from the real life. What was going, you know, the real actual scenes. So mm-hmm. you may be right there. Yeah, maybe Tony was painting him out to be this big, strong, tough guy laying in the hospital bed. You know, right. and then when he finally breaks down and gives in, that Jackie's going away. It becomes a oh well I can't paint him as healthy anymore so I might as well just show you what he looks like you know what right. I mean right uh, but also Tony not having a brother and having two sisters and again going back to the many saints of of Newark I know I bring that up a lot but it showed us a lot of the the storylines that we know from the show in the movie Tony loved Dicky Moltisante Christopher's father and thought Dicky was like an older brother to him. So when it came to guys like Jackie and Paulie and Pussy and Silvio, those were his other brothers, that family aspect of things. So mm-hmm. seeing Jackie lying in that bed was bothering him because someone he looked up to, an older brother type, was now this weakling that he couldn't didn't want to see like that. Yes. You know, he didn't want to picture him like that. So you might be right. It could have been his subconscious paying Jackie out to be stronger, but also I don't think they wanted us to see Jackie sick yet because obviously it wasn't, you know, he had cancer for a few months, like before the show started, but this wasn't the main point for him to start being, you know, ready to die. We still had a little ways to go. So, you know, uh, the guys cut it up in the hospital. They talk about different, you know, business uh, ventures. Uh, Paulie mentions the, the Jewish guy that owns a hotel. And they got to go talk to him and what's going on. And then we go to that scene, which, and I, I want you to understand something. The area that I live in, I live around a lot of, of, you know, Jewish people. So I see them dressed just like the gentleman is dressed in this scene. You know, the big hats, the, the curly ear, you know, uh, 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 sideburns, the big coats. But it's hysterical seeing these two men walk down the street of Newark dressed like this <laughs> coming to be tony soprano you know <laughs> yes yes and of course the uh the father the father is uh, and it's it's gonna come full circle for this man he's yep. easy top he's easy top but anyway uh, <laughs> um but the father is willing to uh to let tony in to the business if he can handle the situation right the son is the son is trying to warn him you don't want to get involved with these people right. um, and he uses a word that i i knew already i've heard the word said before golem monster you're creating yes. a frankenstein but the reason that he's trying to waver his father away is you want to get the, the 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 father the jewish father has a daughter who married this gentleman who is trying to take over 50 percent of his business 
but also beats his daughter up and 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 disrespects them and everything like that. And they can't just get a regular divorce, so they need Tony to convince him to give a divorce. And in doing so, he'll give Tony Tony twenty five percent of the business. Mm-hmm. And the son is like, "Why would you want to do that? It's still giving away a part of our business. Just offer him some money." But of course, the, the father being the father, no, 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 we're going to take care of it. It'll be great. It'll be beautiful. And Tony's like, "I'll see what I can do." Yeah, and, and we know where that goes. Yes. <laughs> I'll see. I'll see what I can do. Means I'm going to send Polly and Silvio. To talk right. to your son-in-law, right? So, um, then and go ahead. The, 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 the I put down. It gets me every time when Polly hits the dude with the bell. It gets me. Oh my time. god! Anytime oh my somebody, goodness. anytime somebody gets hit and there's some sort of a silly sound effect, right? It's bing, <laughs> bing, bing, and there's somebody goes, "Say bumpkins, Polly." What? That's what me. That's what nothing means to that bumpkins. And I'm like, Jesus. Why? Why is Sylvia the funniest part of the whole scene? (laughs) It's just like um, you remember the okay. You've seen you've seen the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin. Yes, I think is it that movie where he they punches the clown. Yes, and the the nose honks. It gets me. Yes, it gets me anytime somebody gets hit with something or hit, and there's some sort of a silly sound effect. It gets me every time. It's perfectly time. It's perfectly (laughs) time. So we go to then Meadow being worried again about her choir concert and the SATs, and her great idea, Nate. At I believe she's 16 at this point. We need some speed. Yeah, we need some speed. That's we need and, some drugs. <laughs> and that is that is the mind of a stupid teenager. Right. And that's another great thing about this television show is that you you get again, like we continuously say, you get a little bit of everything. You get drama, you get the mobster stuff, you get the comedy, but you also get the family aspect of things and the fact that this right. is a real this is a real family with real family issues underneath all of the mob stuff and you know every parent worries about their kid getting on drugs every parent worries about their kids falling into these traps and we kind of see meadow kind of falling into that trap here right and it's not the first time but it's the beginning of of her thinking that drugs and alcohol are going to fix things because Mm -hmm. she needs to study or she needs time a break away from things carmella pissed her off because of, of course we have talked about it in the first episode the mother-daughter feud going on, you know what I mean? Carmela wants her to be perfect. She doesn't care about being perfect, you know. Uh, but then now we lead into Carmela again, the storyline with her. She wants Artie and Charmaine to um, cater her event. Yes. Because she, thinks, Artie, she, she thinks she is being... Magnanimous. Nice. Yes, right. she thinks she's being magnanimous in this situation. She's actually being very condescending, but she right. thinks she's doing something good because, you know, they've just lost their restaurant and they're they're falling on hard times and she's she's trying to give them a gig, you know, and um but yeah, and like we Artie, Artie's all like yeah, the Sopranos, they're actually doing something for us. Nobody else will do anything. He couldn't even get his insurance yet for his new restaurant. Mm-hmm. And and there's his wife Charmaine, and it's like two bitter Italian women feuding because Charmaine's all like, "Oh, they're just mobsters. I can't stand them." Meanwhile, she grew up with Tony and Carmela, and Carmela's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a great human being and give my best friend a job." Yeah, but it was also she can get a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. And and you know? Artie, Artie is. Um... The word I'll say is Artie in this situation is righteous. Yes. And the reason the reason that Artie is righteous is he literally calls his wife out on some bullshit that she right. that she imposed on him during the pilot episode. Like right. you tell me I can't take Tony Soprano's charity, I can't take Tony Soprano's money, I can't take cruise tickets, et cetera, et cetera. But you're willing to take Carmela's. You're willing to, right. you know, and he's not wrong. He's righteous no, in this situation. He's not wrong. You're willing to go to their home and serve. Now, he's not wrong because how many times did the cops and the FBI bust into his home and 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 you know with a warrant and and look for things? 
So if they would have done it during this gala event that Carmella was throwing, Artie and Charmaine would have been involved in it. Right. So you're still putting us in front and center of everything they've got going on, but it's not okay to take some plane tickets or some money or, or get into business with him because he's a mobster. You know, that I, I've always likened this, and I, I, I want everybody to understand. I am a, a Christian, so I'm not defaming um, religion in any way. But there are certain churches in this world who will tell people your your money's evil because you you know the job that you did to get it is bad, right? Right. But then the turnaround is, but don't forget to give your ten percent tithes. Right. <laughs> so you want my money in the tithe box, but yet it was evil the way I got my money, which isn't. You know what I mean? So in the same regard, the Sopranos are evil, but hey, we could make some money off of them because we're going to cook. No big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hypocrisy is a funny thing, and it shows its it shows its face in a lot of these first early episodes. You know, uh, Charmaine and and Carmela are trying to plan things. Uh, Meadow is now at Christopher's, trying to score. Which Brandon's all for because, as we mentioned, Brandon's a douchebag. Yes, yeah, and, and it, he's he's even more douchey in this scene because this he's guy's like twenty two and they're sixteen. Yeah, yeah, they're like sixteen years old, and this twenty two year old, you know, who I mean, I mean, t you ever seen a guy with a more punchable fucking face? Right, <laughs> right. When he's hitting on these girls and he's whispering to them, and Adriana's telling him to leave him alone, I'm like, could she just smack him and get it over with? You know, and I think so, I think. I can't remember because she wasn't in my notes. Did we see Adriana in episode two? No, I no, didn't we do think not. so. We see her. Yes, as you mentioned, because I know we saw just... we saw her in the pilot as a hostess, right? And but then, at okay, a New yeah, York I... restaurant, not at a Vesuvio, at yes. a New York restaurant. And then here, she's still the the uh, um, a hostess, I guess, at any restaurant, because she doesn't go to work for Artie until he opens Vesuvio too. But here, she's just getting, getting ready to go to work, and Christopher and Brendan are getting high and wondering what they're going to do with their day. Yeah. You know, and then Meadow strolls in. We're like, we're going to go cop. You want to give it? You want to let us score? He's like, no, your father would kill me, which anybody would do that. You know what I mean? If I'm close with your dad, I'm not giving you drugs. I'm not giving you alcohol. I'm not taking you for a ride anywhere that's illegal. You right. Know what I mean? yes. You're like my baby sister, basically. And and, yeah, and the funny the funny thing is that in this in this situation, as as stupid as it is, these girls want want the speed. Teenagers are stupid, right? And Adriana has a point. You know, if you don't they, give they, it to them, they're going to go somewhere that you don't want them to get it. To get well, it. they mentioned uh, I almost called it Carmela. Um, the the daughter uh meadow says we'll go down to jefferson avenue now for those of you who have never been to new jersey me and i'm assuming a lot of our listeners jefferson avenue is in newark mm -hmm. and newark up until just about recently because what we're going to find out later on that they're beautifying newark on the sopranos that just finally happened in the last five years okay but up until then Jefferson Avenue looked like uh, somebody took a garbage dump and put some houses there. <laughs> and there was nothing but crack dealers around the streets and hookers. And, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, Even in the daytime, it was fu not fun to go there. My dad used to tell me, if you could avoid Jefferson Avenue in Newark, do it. If you've got to go down it, find an alternate route. You know, so it was not a fun place. Adriana so, uh, is correct. It's a bad place to be. It's a, it's a seedy place, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So she's trying to talk Christopher into giving her drugs. Or Adriana is now. He's like, isn't it better to get it from you because you have clean stuff? Which I guess she's right. I understand her point. But shouldn't we just like maybe? Because Christopher's thinking about calling Tony and telling him, hey, your daughter. Oh, yeah. I'm drugs. Yeah. Yeah, Adriana's yeah. De Adriana's definitely playing the lesser of two evils game. Here. Right, right. Because Tony would have killed somebody. <laughs> we just don't know who. So, uh, 
from there, we go to, hold on, let me look at my notes real quick. After Brandon hits on them again, mind you again, they're 16, he's 22. And I'm not a very fun, I'm not a very favorable person when it comes to pedo humor or things of that nature. That pisses me off. I have yeah. children, you have daughters this age, I have daughters this age. It's not a funny thing to see. Right. <laughs> yes. So from there, though, we go back to Jackie in the hospital. He's still looking okay. And Tony brought him a gift. Yes, he did. Do you want to let them know what he brought him? He brought him a, a young a young lady from the Bada Bing. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun scene because it, the funniest part about the whole thing is um probably because he's all drugged up and everything it kind of takes jackie right. it takes jackie much longer than it should for him to catch on what the fuck is going on and then when he finally starts laughing you can tell he might have been really laughing from the heart yeah, because yeah. he couldn't like, stop. <laughs> with with all the with all the innuendo and stuff that comes out, it literally takes this woman's tits flopping out for him to realize what right. the hell is going on. Yeah, right. And at the same time, a real nurse tries to walk in, so it makes it even worse. I mean, Tony's like private party, private party. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but we go we and, go from that we go from that happy kind of happy like like I said on the. Uh, Earlier on, just how much you can tell Tony loves Jackie, we go from that moment between two friends that's kind of a happy thing, and when he's in, in Melfi's office after that, he is so angry about it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, because she's, she's bringing it out of him, asking him certain things that he isn't prepared to answer. You know, when it, well, everybody knows this. When you're getting ready to lose somebody and you know they're about to go, um, you don't want to answer certain questions about that person. Mm -hmm. You want to remember the good things. You want to remember the fun times. And that's what he was trying to elicit when he told her, I brought him a stripper. You know what I mean? I, I was trying to keep his mind over things. Melfi being Melfi went to the more darker part of things. It was like, well, what do you think is going to happen? You know, how fast is it spreading? So he gets pissed off. I would have yeah. done, done the same thing. You know, it, it just... That's, but I guess, again, that's what Milfi had to bring out of him to make him understand, you know, not everybody is immortal. We right. Know, we're all going to die, you know. And then from that blow up, we go to Christopher sneaking into the Soprano household and giving Meadow her speed so she could study. Huh. And, yeah, I mean... Slippery, slippery slope, slippery slope. Um, yeah. Um, it's again, it's one of those things where you, like you were talking about, it's good that they that they're so good in the show at hitting a nerve for the viewer. You know, for you and right. me as a for you and me as fathers of girls, you're like, ah, damn it, Christopher. <laughs> right, because his lie when Carmela walks in. Is like, uh, oh, by the way, tell Brand, uh, tell uh, uh, your friend Hunter that Brandon wants her phone number, and then walks Carmela, and she's like, "Don't you dare give that punk that yeah. little girl's number." And I'm like, "Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> it was finally said. She's a little girl." You know? Yes, yes. So then we go to our uh, Artie and Charmaine arguing, which we talked about the hypocrisy of working for the Sopranos, but not taking money from them. Mm -hmm. You know, which I agree, it's pure stupidity because it's still the same money. It's still the same business. Right. And then we go to Carmela's shindig. And Carmela proceeds to do something that Charmaine deems uh, derogatory. Yeah, she pretty much gives her the uh, uh, garçon, garçon, mm -hmm. you know, like, come here, come here, come here, servant. Right, she beckoned her over. At the, they wouldn't have used this word in 1999 because I don't think it existed yet. But this right. was a trigger moment <laughs> for oh, Charmaine. Yes. Oh, yes, it brought out a lot of problems. <laughs> but it's like at that moment, Charmaine chose violence because she knew she was going to get back at Carmelo later on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then we come to the most... Playful, funniest part of this episode. Yes, Tony absolutely. and Artie having a food fight. 
Yes, I, I wrote that down. I love the food fight because that's that's that is brothers or friends because you know friends can also be your brothers. You know, Aaron is my brother, but you are also my brother because you are my friend. Right. This is the kinds of things. This is the kind of things that we do. Maybe, maybe, maybe you and your brother or you and your best friend have a bit of a conflict. Right. Maybe, maybe there's an underlying issue going on. So, I, uh, I just throw a piece of prosciutto. Right. <laughs> and or, it sticks or, to or and a it sti ball. Yeah, and it sticks to your head. And then, right. okay, so we got out our anger. Now it's just fun, and now we're having fun again. And it's right. it's a great moment. It's a great moment with Artie and Tony. This right. is actually Artie and Tony, like for the, all the people that I know that love this show, and there's lots of them that I discuss it with and et cetera, et cetera. That's really a dynamic and a friendship on this show that doesn't get enough attention. I agree because it had so many ups and downs. Yeah. You know, this was a small up and down because, yeah, they got pissed off at each other. They, they you know, uh, uh, Tony was trying to talk Artie out of being doubtful and pissed off and whatever. And then they got into the food fight, which was kind of them their way of saying, "Look, I'm mad at you, but we're not. This is not the ending of the world. We're still friends, right? right. You know, because we're gonna be we're gonna act like children." And Carmela thinks this is great. She's smiling while watching them. Meanwhile, Charmaine is sitting off somewhere in the corner, like a gargoyle, pissed off <laughs> at the world, thinking, "How I, am I gonna blow this up tomorrow?" I think I think the dynamic between Artie and Tony is so great because, in the in the grand scheme of things. Artie is the only guy, the only person in Tony's life that he's close with that isn't connected. Right. I mean, Artie's connected to Tony, but you know what I mean. He's, he, <laughs> Artie he's the, was the only uh, uh, legal guy. He didn't have right. his hands on anything Tony was doing. So mm -hmm. if Artie told Tony, hey, Tony, you're fucking up, he knew it came from a place of love, not from one of his, you know, uh, henchmen who just yeah, felt yes, like they man. weren't being respected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So he knew where it was coming from. And I think that's why he always tried to fix the relationship, no matter what would happen, mm -hmm. because he understood this is the only real balance I have in my life outside of my wife and children. Right. You know? So. And then we go to the beating of the Jewish son-in-law who refuses to give the divorce to the Jewish father-in-law. This is all... This is all so dramatic, mm -hmm. but also hilarious. Yes, I mean when they're trying to throw him in the trunk and they can't get him, they can't get him in on the first try. This right. guy, this guy is like nothing. You can tell even even three episodes into this show, right. the stubborn, the stubborn Jewish guy is is like the biggest challenge these guys have ever had. You but know, he has and, a small point because yeah. he tells them, I made that hotel what it is. I gave his, I spend for my wife to get her, her dresses, her clothes, her jewelry for vacations. Why should I just walk away with nothing? He's not even offering me a payoff to walk away. So you mm -hmm. understand his point slightly, but then they just start beating the crap out of him. And he's taking it. That's yes. the bad part. He's literally telling them, give me more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know when when Tony walks in to them beating I, him up. I wrote this down. I wrote it Go down ahead. word for word because I think it's it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite. Actually, one of my favorite scenes of the first season of this show mm -hmm. because they again the 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 guys have recognized this guy is stubborn as fuck. Mm -hmm. We've come up against a challenge here, and he says to Tony, "You ever heard of the Masada?" For two years, 900 Jews held their own against 15,000 Roman soldiers. They chose death before enslavement. The Romans, where are they now? And Tony says, you're looking at them, asshole. <laughs> right. It's so it's funny. It's so right. funny. You're looking at them, asshole. <laughs> you're looking at them. Right. It was, he tried to come off so hard in that point when he tells them of that story. And then Tony just comes back with even more sarcasm that it's like, yes, you know, but then Tony being Tony, let me call Hetch. Yeah, I need, let me call Hetch. Uh, I, 
I need a, a, a an outsider's opinion. And Hash tells him, I tried to warn you. I tried to yeah. warn you about these people. Right. <laughs> because Hash is, Hash is Jewish. But Hash is Jewish. They are, I believe the word is orthodox, or uh, I'm not yeah. sure of the exact, yeah. you know. So he understood they're, they're their, essentially, their stubbornness. They're, yeah, I was going to say they're essentially like Hesh is Jewish, but these people are like hardcore Jewish. These right. people are like, uh, and, and I don't want to compare it to, but these people are like Al Qaeda Jewish, you know, like they're right. extremists. They observe the Sabbath. They don't eat meat on certain days. They don't mix dairy with meat. Meanwhile, Hesh will have a cheeseburger and a, a bottle of beer on Saturday, Sunday, and a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He, right. You know what I mean? So uh, Hesh is more modern. So he tried, I tried to warn you. But then when he tells him, remind him of his bris, I'm just like, are they about to show what I think they're going to show? Yeah, you same, I same. Mean? I need to fast forward like five minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you find out that they just made him think they were going to do it, which he was all for. You know what I mean? Up until, up until I guess, the last second, he, he was all for it because he was a stubborn guy and he wasn't yeah. giving up. You know, and then we come to Charmaine's mind fuck. Yes, and this Carmella's. is um, this is this is a um, like you said, this is where when Carmela did the you know, come here waitress or whatever the, right. the little hand signal she did. That was right. the moment Charmaine told decided she was going to tell Carmela what happened between her and what? Tony. Which makes no sense because they're going back 25 years. And here's the thing, though. Okay, Charmaine explains, Tony and I dated. We had sex while you and him were on a break. Okay, fine. And Carmella actually gets mad. Yeah. How are you going to be mad to that 25 years later your right. husband had a girlfriend? Yes. You know yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like yeah. that's like my that's like me telling my wife now that in 1997 I had sex with some girl in high school. Right, and her and her, her being mad about it before before, right. before we even knew each other existed. Yes, right, right. So Carmela's pissed, but which makes Charmaine knew that was going to hit a nerve. She oh did yeah, it on purpose because it wasn't so much as oh, I'm telling you I slept with your husband. It's I'm attacking your womanhood. You think mm -hmm. you're this big strong. Italian mobster's wife. Meanwhile, if what she was trying to convey was, I could have your husband in three seconds if I really wanted to. Right. You know, and I guess that's Carmela's ego got in the way there, and it was like, oh, maybe she's right. You know, but. And then we come to the final act of the Jewish father in law and Tony, which is the total and utter double cross. That Hesh again warned Tony about yes. in the early moments. He tries to give Tony a payoff of I think it was ten or fifteen grand, which is still a lot of money back then, you know. But he doesn't want to give him twenty five percent of the hotel because you scared him into giving me the divorce for my daughter. He needed to do it on his own. Well, goddamn it, how was I supposed to get it? Right. You know <laughs> why would you hire a mobster if you didn't want me to put fear in his in his heart? You know. And he's yelling, oh, you're, my son was right. I created a golem, a Frankenstein. And this well, is kind of yeah. where this is kind of where the Italian mobster learns. Maybe don't mess with the Jews when it comes to money. <laughs> right. Right. But the Jew and, also learns mm, these guys are pretty aggressive. Right. And he pretty much just gives in for what they want. He gives them their yes. 25%, which Tony's ecstatic. And he runs to go tell Jackie April, we're in the hospital, we're in the hotel business, and now Jackie finally looks sick. Yes, and that's what I wrote down here, and this is where we see that Jackie is going downhill very fast. Right. He, he's not focused on what Tony's telling him about the business. He's not focused on what they have done together for years and years and years. All he cares about is the fact that he doesn't think his temperature is right. They need to take his temperature again, the thermometer. And right. So the 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 double uh, the double juxtaposition here is not only is Jackie not 
any longer focused on the business. He's very much, he's very much in his last moments, last days, because now none of this matters to him. None right. of, none of, you know, none of this money matters. None of this business matters. It, it, at the, at, at the, it, it's a sad thing. And it's, it's a very deep thing. It's at the end of, at the end of your life, all that matters is your life. Right. Your children you know? you're leaving behind, your wife, your regular family. You didn't care about the mob anymore. Mm-hmm. He didn't care about a hotel or who was going to take over for him when he was gone. He was worried mm-hmm. about himself. And look, I'm not going to liken my situation to what he went through. But like two years ago when I got sick and they told me I had heart failure, I didn't give a shit about anything but my children and my wife at home. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, I, I didn't I didn't care about work. I didn't care about anything else. I cared about my mm-hmm. grandbabies and my children. And when they finally told me you're okay, we were just going to give you, you know, you're going to get a blood pressure pill and a this and that. I thank God. And I was like, okay, time to turn over a new leaf. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get that second chance. He didn't get to beat it. He didn't get a chance to go into remission. He went from super healthy to, oh God, he's about to die. Right. You know, so it, it was a big, it was a big thing to swallow for him. And it, I'm sure it hurt. And this is where you finally see Tony go human for a moment and go, oh God, this is real. And I have to face it. You know, there is no more pretending, oh, he's going to make it out of this. He's fine. Right. Yep. You know, it's time for acceptance. Hey, it's part of the theme of the show. Acceptance, denial, anger, acceptance. Right. Uh, Then Junior and Olivia are having their bitch fit about Tony putting her in the old folks home. Mm -hmm. And And here comes here comes our here comes our evil, sly, conniving Livia. Yes. Yeah, Christopher, Christ, what did she what did she say, Christopher? There was something nice Christopher did for her. Oh yeah, he he planted he, he planted her her flowers for her. Yeah, so so, so so you should let him live. And then he says something about the junior says something about the other kid, which of course is Brendan, and she's like, I don't know him. I don't so like. essentially essentially what she's saying is I don't know him. She's saying, I don't care if you fucking kill him, kill him. Olivia <laughs> called the hit on him, right. Yeah. Let Christopher live, but take the other kid out as a warning. You know, let Tony know what's going on. And Junior smiles like if he just got orders from John Gotti, not from his <laughs> sister-in-law. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a shitty grin of, oh, really? I get to do what I want? And like, dude, she's a little old woman in an old folks home. Who are you listening to right now? You know? And Tony mentions this to him later on. You know what I mean? You got fooled by a little old woman, mm-hmm. and now you can't stand it. You know what I mean? So, and Chris, but yeah, Chris, he, Chris gets to shit his pants. Oh God, yeah. Well, first Tony goes back to Milfie and talks about Jackie again, and he's finally got a little bit of acceptance in his heart. Yes, and this is where she finally comes off to him that the painting does mean death and things ending and you know he read it into it correctly which doesn't do him any solace he's not happy about it right you know he gets mad again he has another bit fit throws something and walks out again which is his mo <laughs> he can only make it through to three or four sessions with her before he threw something or yelled at her right yeah <laughs> you know so but i guess that's a part of therapy i've never been to therapy before i don't know if that's how you have to do it you know what i mean <laughs> So, and then we get to, yeah, Christopher is being beaten up by some guys at the dock and shits his pants, uh, which I guess if a guy had a gun to my head, yeah. He thinks he's busted about right. the uh, the crystal meth. Right. Um, because the guys are Russian, and of course, Tony's mistress is Russian, so Chris thinks right. that uh, you know there's a connection there. When in actuality, Tony doesn't know jack shit yet about any of that. Tony um, never right. Tony never finds out that he gave her crystal meth. No, but no. he automatically his guilty conscience. You know, and the fact that they grab him from an old Mister Softy truck makes it even more hilarious <laughs> because he just wanted some ice cream. Yeah, you know what I mean. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't killing anybody. He wasn't doing a drug deal or anything. He was buying ice cream. They grab him, they take him to the docks, they beat the shit out of him. You know, and he's trying to plead his case. 
please, they were going to rape her. Please, I didn't want her to go to Jefferson Avenue. Tell Tony I'm sorry. Man, these guys were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's Tony? They didn't They didn't know anything about him. And, and this is the thing that I never understood. We're going to get, this is a, a little bit of a spoiler for the next episode. Christopher comes out of the hospital and Adriana axes him. Did you really soil yourself when you got, you know, when they were holding the gun to your head? The only people on the dock that night were the two guys beating him up and Christopher. So right. who the hell told her? Who told her? Yeah, who told her? Pants? <laughs> like, was the nurse at the hospital like, can you take these shitty underwear home and wash yeah. them? I don't I don't know yeah. what happened there. You know, <laughs> and he's sitting there wondering himself, who told you? How did this get out? You know what I mean? So, and then while that's going on too, Mikey is walking into Brandon's house, who's taking Yay! a tub. Yay! Brandon's in the in a tub. Why I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> of course, Mikey. This the Mikey was never my favorite character, but I I liked Mikey for one reason. He was a movie guy. Yeah. So he walks in, cocks the gun, and goes, "Hi, Jack. Bye, Jack." Bye, Jack. Shoots Brandon directly through the eye. And the douchebag is dead. Yes. Oh, and we are, yeah, we are all happy about that. Yes. I mean, just Brendan's death in this episode gets it five out of five. Right. Right. He's <laughs> gone. He's gone. So, but and of course, Met Meadow's having the, her concert. She's finally through everything. She's great. No one's the wiser that she was on crystal meth for a few days. <laughs> I did. I did write down. I did write down that um, this tells you about Tony and and Carmela's relationship. Mm -hmm. When Tony goes to the concert, when he shows up at the concert, he tries to hold Carmela's hand, and she won't yep. hold his hand. And we know yep. that she is doing that because she's found out the shit about him and Charmaine. Right. Tony is like, eh. He doesn't even care. So that tells right. you about their relationship. Like, oh, she's probably got one of her hairs up her ass again. <laughs> right. Won't hold my hand. But she has a specific reason why Tony pretty much doesn't give a shit. You know, he's he's there to right. see his daughter anyway. Between what went on with Jackie, what he had to put up with the Jewish father-in-law, his mother still being in the old folks home and feeling bad about that. He didn't get, yeah. You don't want to hold my hand? Fine. Fuck you. Yeah. I Whatever. The same way. I'm here to see my. I'm here to. I'm, yeah, I'm here to see my little girl anyway. Right. It's not about you tonight. <laughs> so, the episode ends with that, and yeah, it's definitely Brendan's death alone is a five out of five. But the whole episode as a whole, with Jackie getting sicker, Junior and and Olivia making their uh, uh, vengeful pact to take out Tony. Uh, in the beginning of that, it's a five out of five for everything all around. I totally agree. I know last the last episode I gave a four and a half out of five. I also gave this one a five out of five. There's there's great drama. There's great story development. There's great character development. There's great humor. This show just all around was a great episode of The Sopranos. I, I agree. And coming up in episode four, uh, we lose a very important cast member. But the power struggle begins. Yes. So I hope you guys that are on board uh, are, are definitely ready to start seeing the battle of uh, nephew versus uncle and how deep Livia has her claws into Junior. Um, mm -hmm. And I, we want to thank you guys for listening. For anybody who is listening, drop a message on the Facebook page on the uh, WNR. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions, Anything we might have missed or glossed over, or if you just want to tell us to shut up, feel free. We're always down to listen. <laughs> we're, we're not gonna shut up, but you can tell no. us. We're like we're like the stubborn we're like the stubborn Jewish guy in this episode. We're not gonna stop. <laughs> we're not gonna stop. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us, Nate. Any parting words? I just want to thank everybody for listening to the first few episodes of the show. We hope that we continue our listenership and continue to grow. And we're, we're just trying to do different things here at WNR now. I know for many years we've been focused on pro wrestling. And 
just there's so much there's so many other things that we can talk about and um right. you know with Archie and I here on the Soprano cast Aaron and I on the Justa cast just so many other things that we can talk about and discuss um even considering right now the We Can't Wrestle podcast doing more non-wrestling stuff on there you know we can talk about wrestling but we can talk about stuff that isn't wrestling right um but if you love wrestling definitely check out Reliving the Extreme um, yes. And all the other shows here on the on the network. Again, like I said, we're evolving, we're changing, we're trying to do things to to grow our sphere. I guess is the word, um, right? Because we're not just wrestling guys. So, but yeah, I appreciate everybody's support, and I appreciate the early support for this show, and I hope you're enjoying it because I am damn sure enjoying doing it with my friend, Mister Mitchell. And I am enjoying it as well. And anything we can do to continue to grow the network and give the fans what they want, whether that be The Sopranos, Justified, maybe one day David Gold and I will do a Married with Children podcast because we both love it so much. Yeah, Nate might want to jump in on that. Who knows? Football season's starting back up. Maybe once we get involved in that, I might grab a buddy and say, hey, let's talk about football. We, we all have so many different interests, but also so many of these things in common that there are a plethora of things we could talk about with you guys. You just got to let us know what you want to hear. Absolutely. If you get involved, if you listen, you comment and you, you let it, you you get, you know, you, you get active, then the sky's the limit to where WNR can go. So thank you once again for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week with episode four of season one of the Sopranos on the Soprano cast.